1: Teams enter, four teams leave. The first second leg knockout matches of the Champions League take place this week, and that means the end of the road for four clubs. While the zero sum game between Real Madrid and PSG will grab most of the headlines, there is plenty to discuss from the other ties as Inter head to Anfield. Salzburg look to exploit Bayern's iffy form and sporting pray for a miracle in Manchester. I'm joined by Jimmy Conrad, Heath Pierce, and Jonathan Johnson to break it all down. Down, as well as discussing some of the Europa League round of 16 matchups The Lasso Champions League preview begins right now Hey everybody, welcome to Lasso. Thank you so much for being part of the family Lasso pod On Twitter, YouTube.com forward slash Lasso, Wherever you listen to your pods How is everybody doing? Jimmy Conrad in the hizzy How are you, buddy?
0: I'm doing great. Obviously, uh, excited for a big slate of games this upcoming weekend. Champions League is my favorite competition in the world, so I am buzzing. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm buzzing.
1: You are buzzing, my friend. Uh, We're always buzzing for the Champions League, of course. Heath Pierce, How are you, man?
2: Uh, I was good until I found out Jimmy's not wearing pants. Uh, I just want to point that out from the from the start. Uh, I know we said we weren't going to mention it, but, it, you know, he came back from a long flight. And uh, it turns out when he wears a jersey, he doesn't wear the full kit. Underneath, hey, we got to so do what we got to do
0: to be comfortable while we're speaking. You know, yeah. I need some air down there.
1: Please, please uh, make sure that you have a blanket at least. I don't, don't, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jonathan Johnson, do they do the same thing in France? Jonathan Johnson, how are you, buddy? Yeah, doing good,
3: thanks. Uh, not the way I wanted to start my uh Monday afternoon. <laughs> Amazing visual. What, <laughs> are what, right, what are you talking about? visual on the lower half. But uh no, you know what? You know, I'm kind of disappointed that we're going to be chatting Champions League football today, given Villa's absolute annihilation of
1: Southampton over the weekend. It was Champions League worthy. Absolutely, <laughs> <we go>. absolutely. <laughs> I love it. But from Jimmy Conrad's bottom half to the top half of this <laughs> yeah. show, let's begin here. Liverpool against the Inter. We're doing the Tuesday games first. Liverpool hosting Inter Milan. And by the way, they have a two nothing lead. Of course, uh, Inter Milan destroyed naturally, I think Salernita are not that great. They won five nothing this past weekend. Liverpool winning uh, against West Ham uh, with Napoli losing yesterday, by the way. Uh, enters a uh, feeling good, I guess, as they head to Anfield. Uh, Jimmy, let's begin with you. What do we expect here? Can enter do this or is Liverpool through and through?
0: oh Well, I'm going to start here with some fun facts. Uh, the Liverpool Reds, I like to give them like an American coinage. The sure. you know, like, Liverpool Reds, Los Angeles Galaxy. The Liverpool Reds have now won their last 12 in all competitions. Uh, this is obviously coming off a pretty pretty solid 1-0 win over West Ham on the weekend. They have not lost in any competition in 2022. They haven't lost at home in over a year. They, are, uh, they could be the first English team ever to win their opening eight games of a single Champions League campaign, and I wouldn't put them past it to do that. They seem to like history, especially under Jurgen Klopp. Inter Milan on the other side, winless in their last four on the road, uh, scoring just once in that run. So for me, for them to have any hope, they have to score first. If they really want to put a little bit of pressure on Liverpool, they have to score first. And obviously coming off a big 5-0 win, as you mentioned, against Salernitana is is a big deal. You know, you wanted to get Lattaro going. He hadn't really scored or, or scored consistently. So confidence is important, as we know. But if they don't score first, this one is done and dusted. Liverpool are very good and... Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, the, the analysis.
2: Yeah, no. The only thing I'd add to that, Jimmy, is that uh, uh, obviously Inter hadn't scored since before that first leg, and so that five-no win over Tana could be that wake-up call needed. They definitely need to score first, obviously, and I think they need to score early if they want to have any chance of coming back into this one, just to swing that momentum uh, just a little bit. Nico Barella was sent off, so he'll be out, and that's a huge loss. Mm-hmm, Vidal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Vidal can be uh, the stopgap for Barella not being on the field. And this one, and then on the flip side, uh, Tiago, which we saw, was injured, I believe, in the warm-up of the the uh, League Cup final. He's back into the team, and that's the biggest difference for me. When Nabi Keita plays, Liverpool are not as good. They look vulnerable. They give up a lot. And it's not all on him. It's just the rhythm of the team. So if he's back in, I don't really see Inter having a chance. And this ends up being a long-term benefit, as I mentioned before, for, for Inter Milan being able to focus on on just the league not that that's how they would want to go out but yeah I think I think if if tiago's back in in the team again I know he's back in training full-time if he's starting in this one I just don't really see inters uh ability to 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 really uh turn this one around
3: yeah it's difficult to see inter sort of translating the <clears throat> domestic form in onto the continental stage I felt more confident about them going into the first leg and I think once I saw them fall short there uh you know I think that Pretty much made my mind up. Uh, my prediction for this one is that Liverpool repeat the score from away from home and uh, win four 0 on aggregate. Uh, you know, I, I hope to be proved wrong because I'd love to see it be a bit more of a contest. But I'm just not sure that you know Inter. I mean, you know, they they they've got enough to be remaining competitive in the title race at the moment in Serie A, potentially looking to defend their title, but. I think this is where the road stops for them in uh, the Champions League. Liverpool are a cut above them, both in terms of squad depth uh, and in terms of their quality in that starting eleven. Uh, you know, and I think for, if Inter were going to have some European success this season, it probably would have been better for them to drop into the Europa League. But they're here now. Uh, you know, and they they really need something special if they're going to get anything from Anfield, which I can't unfortunately see happening for them.
1: Yeah, Jimmy, before you jump uh, with any possible betting tips here, as that graphic showed, Liverpool uh, have won each of their three games against Inter Milan in European competition. Uh, by the way, uh, fun fact here, only one team in the Champions League, in Champions League history, has uh, lost the first leg to nothing and yet come to progress. Jonathan Johnson, who is that?
3: Uh, sounding like uh, a, a PSG stat, surely. I <laughs> oh, you.
1: It's a PSG stat against PSG's favor. PSG. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Manchester United, of course, was the team as well that did that. Oh yeah, of course, because it, it was uh, two 0 to PSG at Old Trafford. Yeah, that's it.
3: That's it. So fun, can inter- fun, fun memories on this uh, wonderful Monday. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> why,
0: why are we bringing <laughs> up old stuff? You know? <laughs> yeah, I know.
3: I know. I'm sorry. Well, oh, oh, poor PSG.
2: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the Inter Milan side. I mean, I believe, and if my memory serves me correct, is It's their first time in the knockout rounds in over ten years, or around ten years, and so that's significant. This is this is a pretty long run for them to get to. Anyway, if you remember last year, they hadn't won the championship yet, but they they went into Europe and then were completely knocked out. Didn't even make the Europa League in the group stages. So this is a big step forward for them. Even though we're talking about enter in a different vein and a different era, it seems like now it's still a long ways for them to go, and obviously a huge hill to climb against uh, Liverpool.
0: Yeah, Jimmy betting tips. Yeah, I remember Inzaghi came out after the first leg and said we weren't that far behind Liverpool they scored on a set piece Bobby Firmino they had to make subs to really kind of freshen things up to really unlock us a little bit and I I remember him being satisfied with how it went outside of the results so I think they think they're good enough to compete at Anfield but I think we can all sit here and say well the stats are going against you and I think current form is going against you a little bit as well and just it yeah I mean Liverpool are an unstoppable force at the moment I did want to give a shout out to Trent Alexander-Arnold he got his 11th assist uh, last uh, the weekend against West Ham, he's now got like 11 plus assists in three Alexander. seasons. Yeah. Not only that, he he uh, has created the second most chances in the Premier League this season. And as a fullback, that is ridiculous, right? So he's only behind Bruno Fernandes, who's got 75. He's created 71. That's 20 more than Mo Salah, who's third on the list. So it just really speaks to how important Trent Alexander-Arnold is. And if it, from from a tactical perspective, if Inter want to slow Liverpool down, they got to make sure he doesn't get the ball with his head up because he's going to be killing you. But ultimately, I looked at two lines. If you feel like Inter are going to build on that momentum of scoring five goals against Atana, you know, Dzeko gets goals, uh, Lataro got goals in that game, then Liverpool to win, both teams to score is plus 210. And I could see it, but Liverpool are very stout defensively at home in particular. But Liverpool to win with a clean sheet is plus 165. So I'm kind of giving you the two values that I thought were the best. You just have to decide. This is all about Liverpool winning. You just have to decide whether you think Inter is going to score or not.
1: Yeah. The only thing that I'm going to say is that that win, and uh, Heath and I talked about it yesterday, that win against West Ham this weekend, by the way, uh, West Ham had chances, like legitimate chances to equalize. And they had the same amount of shots on target as Liverpool. So to your point, Liverpool winning, but Inter scoring seems like a sexy little taster there. All right, let's move on here. Bayern Munich. Against Salzburg, one all. Bayern Munich are not right now, you know. Uh, as uh, you know, uh, Derek Zulander would say, you know, the, so hot right now. They're they're really not that great. Julian Nagelsmann against Matthias. Yesterday. Salzburg by the way only picked up one point on the road in the group stages. But Bayern's injury list. I mean, Toliso, Manuel Neuer, Alphonso Davies, Goretzka. Uh, Salzburg also have their injuries as well. But I. I don't know about this one, Heath. Let's begin with you. What, what do you make of this match as Bayern host Salzburg?
2: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Neuer being out, I think makes a big difference, uh, but not a huge difference when you're looking at just the depleted side of Salzburg. With they, I think they've got eight, eight plus injuries. I, I, I mean, two of them are really their only significant ones within the team. I think Okafor uh, will be out, and Adama will start. Will start up top. He scored over the weekend, which I think is a is a positive. And then in the back line you have Piatkowski, who will likely start in this one. And so uh, it, it's hard for me to really think that Bayern aren't going to be able to pull this one out, even though Bayern haven't been in the greatest form either, winning only two of their last five in all competitions. They've been really weak in the league, even even in Europe. Obviously, it, a, a draw against Salzburg, no disrespect to them, is is sort of a flat result for for Bayern Munich uh, with the standard that they've set. And so. I don't think Bayern are going to struggle to get through this one, but I am worried about Bayern's form in general and how far they can go in the competition, considering they are uh, not playing very well. They're not getting results against the teams that they usually do. I think that they've got enough gap in the league table to to sort of be comfortable there, but they're not doing it the way. It's similar. Again, I I mentioned this yesterday in the Weekend Recap. They're similar to City in the sense of City pre this weekend. They're going through this phase where they're in a little bit of a lull. They're not playing really great. They're not giving up a, a ton of points, but they look vulnerable. and. With Salzburg starting their best sort of four or five up top, their main mid, their midfield still intact in terms of the eight injuries that they have, they've got an opportunity in this one to do something if they can strike early. But I think this might be another hill that's too big to climb, and Bayern might face uh, a foe that's too strong for them to beat maybe in the next round.
3: Yeah, it's weird to be talking about Bayern and for them not to be scoring a truckload of goals and for Lewandowski not to be banging in five every week at the moment. (laughs) I mean, I think I do think that there is, um, you know, a significant influence um, from stemming from Manuel Neuer's absence. Uh, You know, I don't don't want to blame it all on Sven Ulreich, but he always seems to unfortunately be the wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. but Bayern overall they're just a, a lot less fluent I mean I think that's part and parcel as well of when you're uh you know such a forward-thinking coach as as Julian Nagelsmann he's coming in trying to you know stamp his ideas on this squad it's going to take time it's you know it's going to take you know the best part of a season or so for for that to really happen for the players to buy in but you know I think that Bayern uh you know they 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 will have been surprised by you know how they haven't been as dominant as usual over the last couple of weeks I think that Lost to Bochum really shocked them uh, as well. Uh, you know, they haven't been racking up the goals in the same way since. Um, and I still think that despite some of these absences on the Salzburg side, I, I still think that they could run them close. And that's why in my prediction, I went for only Bayern winning 1-0 to advance. Because I think that this is one that could potentially even go sort of beyond the the regula- regulatory 180 minutes. Because I don't know, Bayern, they just they don't seem to be feeling that comfortable. I mean, uh, you know, like he said, if they get the early goal, then perhaps it'll be a different story, but I'm not sure they will. You know, for for, for Salzburg, they know that history is on the line. They've already done so much this season, so so many positives. Uh, you know, Yeisler is now one of the bright young coaches that everyone's looking at in Europe. But, uh, you know, for for me, they, they come to Munich with, Little to lose, everything to gain. Uh, They'll be so, so motivated for this. And I don't think that Bayern will relish going up against them.
0: No, JJ, I think you made some great points, Heath, as well. The team for Salzburg is so young and, and confidence is so razor thin. You know, it's either all or nothing when you're young. Either I'm the best player of all time or I'm the worst, right? So if they can score first and get that little bit of belief, like they did in leg one, I think that carried them on to really hold off Bayern for a significant amount of time. I think there is a chance for them to do it. But as Heath mentioned, there are some significant injuries. And I'm looking less at Okafor, who I do think is important. But Adamu came in and scored in the first leg when he replaced him in, in leg one. So I think he's got a little confidence. And as he said, he scored on the weekend. But Piatowski in the back, they're missing two of their, their normal center backs, either their starter or or their, their uh, Ongueni or, or Soleil, kind of the guy that usually backs them up. And Piotrowski 21 years old. He's only made one sub-appearance in seven Champions League games. He's only played in nine out of 21 Austrian Super League games. Like they, or Austrian Bundesliga, excuse me. They, when you have, I mean, imagine you're you're 21. You, you haven't really played that much this season. And by the way, you got to mark Robert Lewandowski. It's just, it just doesn't add up to winning or having success. So I, I think if Bayern get this first goal, they're going to, maybe relax, and maybe they shouldn't, but I think it's going to give them the confidence. The first goal in this one is is very, very important, and and I think that if if Salzburg scored, I'd be a little squeaky bum time, a little nervy, I think, for Bayern because sometimes they have trouble kind of figuring out how they're going to solve teams that bring that type of energy and belief. That said, I like both teams to score, minus 125. You know, I don't like to swim in negative waters, but that's pretty good. I just think because Sven Ulreich's in, in goal, they're not as confident sitting in front of them, and then I like Bayern to win both teams to score plus 130.
1: Yeah, I like that. Uh, historically speaking, obviously, everything's going Bayern's way. Uh, every time they faced a Austrian competition in Europe, they've won it. That's been five times. But Salzburg here, you know, just like Jonathan Johnson said, they got nothing to lose, man. You can just go out there and just try and do it. And if you can, even if you concede early, I think the game plan doesn't change because you still have to score. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this one, Heath? I know you wanted to yeah. conclude yeah, might my- it. home.
2: Uh, just real quick uh, obviously Jimmy got it right I got it wrong there on the Adamu he was scored in the first leg not over the weekend so I He did I both he did both did he did he? both okay. yeah 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 I wanted to make sure in case I got that wrong I get things wrong often and I'm just learning to live with my mistakes and apologize early <laughs> and then and then just taste, taste, face face the firing range on the internet but um the other thing was that just the last thing I wanted to say about Salzburg is they're not great on the road uh, just historically, this I think in the last seven, they've only won two on the road, which is not a great stat when you're going to play against uh, Bayern Munich, uh, who, again, aren't at their best right now, but playing on the road is sort of a mentality thing. And when that when that starts to become fragile, that cracks a little bit. It's difficult to, to turn around, especially against an opponent like Bayern Munich.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Salzburg, uh, winless away from home in the Champions League so far. All right, we didn't do this before we take the break, but let's do predictions from both games just to remind ourselves, everybody, just very quickly... Uh, on uh, Liverpool Inter. What can we expect and who can go through here? Uh, let's go with you first, Jonathan Johnson. Liverpool Inter. What do you expect in the second leg and who goes through?
3: Yeah, I've got uh, Liverpool winning 2-0, so that'll be a 4-0 aggregate victory. There you go.
1: Jimmy Conrad?
0: I got 2-1 Liverpool. I'm going to give a, a little little love to Inter. They're going to find the back of the net in this one.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think they'll find the back of the net, but I'm going 3-1 yeah. Liverpool. I'm going 3-1 Liverpool. Heath uh, uh Heath Pierce, Liverpool Inter?
2: Uh, I'm going to go Liverpool 2-1. It's hard for me to think after L- Latoro Martinez's hat-trick that he's not going to be informed to at least score something here. Uh, mm-hmm. But but I think Liverpool are going to be too strong.
1: All right. So, Jimmy, you said you had Bayern winning here, but Salzburg scoring in this one?
0: Yeah, I got 3-1, Bayern. I think that uh, it'll be tight for a while. And then as Bayern's done to Salzburg in the past, once like the f- 75th minute hits, they get tired because they can't chase anymore. And then the experience of Bayern comes in and scores like 17
2: goals. Keith yeah. Pierce? Yeah, I, I like the same. I mean, as that game goes on, if 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 Salzburg are forced to sort of be close enough that they've got to take chances, I think that's where Bayern are going to capitalize on a few chances and finish it. So I'm saying three one as well.
1: Yeah, I'm going three two. Jonathan Johnson, what say you? Ooh.
3: Man, I'm going uh, one Nelson So another oh, yeah, one, one oh. goal victory.
2: was The worst oh. advertisement. The worst <laughs> advertiser of Champions League ever. Yeah. I was, te- <laughs> uh-huh. I, was
3: uh-huh. the, uh, I was tempted by the I was tempted by the two one Bayern. But uh, as as Jimmy said, I don't like swimming in dangerous waters, so I'm I'm going to stick to <laughs> stick to my guns, and uh, I'm I'm going to say that Bayern are going to continue to struggle here. They'll go through, but uh, I just don't think it'll be all that convincing.
1: All right, it's not quite a cheese pizza, but it has some olives on it, so yeah. you know we'll, we'll, that, that that's where we'll yeah. go with that one. All right, well, well at least I, at least I good.
3: swim while wearing sw- while wearing shorts in those dangerous waters. <laughs>
0: By the way, no, you got to live wait. a little, JJ. Get out there, baby. Let it let it hang. Let it get out there.
1: It's, it's early in the morning for the West Coasters in this show, by the way. I, as far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm surprised they have clothes all together. I mean, I'd be I'd be dead when we do this Champions League preview, but that was Tuesday's action. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Wednesday's action, which obviously includes the miracle that Sporting is hoping for against Man City and of course the headliner as Real Madrid host PSG Champions League preview.
4: and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Champions League preview as we look to the second leg of these matches. Now we're on Wednesday, but first of all, I wanted to remind you about you know, this year, 2022, marking the 50th anniversary of Title IX, and the Attacking Third podcast is celebrating the anniversary all of March for Women's History Month. Each Tuesday during March, host Lisa Roman and Sandra Herrera will chat with groundbreakers in women's sports from Sam Hughes, Katrina Adams, Amy Trask, and Leslie Weiser. Listen to Attacking Third's Title IX Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found all right let's go uh we got some news here developing news please uh, we're being transparent as we tape the latest on a major star a major factor in this game as real madrid hosts psg who lead one nothing jonathan johnson our paris-based psg insider tell us what's the latest on Kylian mbappé
3: Yeah, so Mbappé picked up a knock in training on the Monday, so two days before the game. Uh, It doesn't sound uh, initially like it's too serious, but obviously with the game just two days away, it sounds like it's serious enough to make him quite a significant doubt for that. And obviously for PSG to be going into this game without Mbappé, I think that suddenly changes the the complexion of this tie completely. Because Mbappé so far is the difference between the two sides, as we saw in the... Uh, In the first leg. But also, whenever you watch PSG this season, as we saw again over the weekend, Mbappe was suspended against Nice. So it's not even like he played uh, in the last couple of days. PSG just look awful without him they really do uh you know they 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 don't seem to have much purpose there's very little attacking threat despite the uh, the quality that they boast within their ranks uh you know so for mbappe to you know potentially miss the call for this game uh, you know i think that's a huge blow and although you can make an argument that on paper psg have enough quality to go to madrid get a result and obviously a, a draw is good enough to send them through given the way that they won the game in the first leg it's it's going to be a massive ask mentally because Mbappe makes that difference to this squad. Uh, You know, when he's there and when he's not there, you notice it every time. Uh, And you know, this is a game that you don't want to be going into without your talisman. And that is what Mbappe has emerged as uh, for PSG over the last few months.
0: Well, listen, JJ and everybody listening. I mean, it's it's sink or swim time for this guy. They picked up in the transfer window, Leo Messi to step up and like prove his worth. I don't know if you've got heard of this. He's pretty good apparently. And, and, (laughs) If they're looking for a new talisman, this might be the guy that needs to, to really uh, earn his cash, as they say. So I will add that this is a big loss for PSG, of course, and, and totally concur with what JJ is saying. From a Madrid perspective, though, it's not necessarily like easy going. Even though they played well and won three on the trot since losing to PSG in leg one, they've got no furlong Mendy. And when he's not in the team at left back, they struggle. They, it looks like maybe Marcelo will play, which is. Uh, I don't know how you say defensive liability in Spanish, but that is uh, what he is. you got Tony Cruz, who's out. Debilidad defensiva. He's out, thank you very much. And Casemiro's out. So you got Cruz, Casemiro, and Furlan Mendy that are out. I mean, these are three very significant players. Now, I like Camavinga. I thought he was good on the weekend against La Real. Uh, but this is different. I mean, the, the Champions League's a different gravy. La Real is not PSG, whether they are a little bit uh, hurt or not. I mean, they still have some world-class quality in their team. So this is, uh, this is going to be an interesting one for me. I I think that Madrid, even if Mbappe had played, I feel like Madrid were just going to have a little bit. I know that Ancelotti got under a lot of scrutiny from the Real Madrid board about how tame they played, how timid they were in leg one. That was, that was Benzema at 60, 70%. Now Benzema's back doing his thing, scoring goals, him and Vinicius looking like they're getting that connection going again. I like Madrid in this one, regardless of Mbappe being hurt, but now maybe even a little bit more so. However, the spine of that, with without Mendy and without Cruz and Casemiro, they're they're also going to give a little bit of a different look. So I'm I'm curious to to how this game actually plays out.
2: The only upside I'd say to that is Kemavinga scored a banger over the weekend. He did not that that means too much going into a game like this. And also Real Madrid, since that loss, have been fantastic. They've looked in form. They've looked much sharper. They've looked awake. Whereas PSG, in general, haven't looked great since that win over Real Madrid. And I think there's just been a shift in form. And then you take uh, Mbappe out of that equation, who was literally the catalyst, as JJ mentioned, and anything positive that they do going forward, just that energy and just that willingness to know that you have somebody that's going to be able to deliver when you put the ball in good spots or get into good spots himself, I think is a huge swing for them. This is one that I'm kind of torn on, but I, looking at the form of Madrid, I mean, I, I've still got this horror show in my mind of of Real Madrid in that first leg where they just looked so bad. But I go back to the weekend again, and Carvajal, who was a player that I thought was The worst player on the field, which I don't remember ever saying very often, obviously coming back from injury. He's been fantastic. He was fantastic again over the weekend. That even though they are missing those players, as Jimmy mentioned, I think Real Madrid are probably the favorites in this one. uh, Considering all of these conditions that we've all mentioned, and I like Real Madrid to go through here.
1: Yeah, Real Madrid have been, by the way, a little uh, statistical history here. They've been eliminated from nine of their past ten knockout matches when uh, when they when they lose the first leg. However, PSG have been eliminated from three of eight when they've been leading. So something has to give either way. This to me is shaping up to be such an intriguing matchup, partly because PSG obviously doesn't have Kylian Mbappe. Uh, but also, you mentioned Lionel Messi, Jimmy. I mean, this is the time for Neymar now, right? Like you, you haven't won the Champions League title with PSG. It's time to really step up as well. Uh, wasn't a good weekend, of course. We all know what happened uh, with Nice, uh, you know, in, in that matchup. Uh, so this is a lot going on for Neymar returning. Uh, I this is very like he said, this is a really tough one to figure out, and specifically because I don't know what PSG side is going to show up for this one. So well, uh,
2: by the way, Real Madrid, uh, uh, PSG don't win at the Bernabeu either. Uh, that's another so thing to take in. Uh,
1: another carry. component to it. And by the way, the fact that now the Champions League finals in Paris—I don't know—is that too fatalistic now for the fact that PSG will not be, you know, at the final? It it, it has to happen. I believe
0: JJ, JJ, can JJ answer this for us. I, <laughs> no. I feel like this PSG team seems to play better when their backs are against the wall when there's a little bit of pressure for them to fight out of as opposed to which
1: is what's happening
0: saying, right now. Random game against whoever. Trois, you don't know, call you that got, random. <laughs> that's a big <laughs> game for <laughs> a, 16, <laughs> a 16 point lead at the top of the table. I feel like maybe they just need the a competition.
3: That's my Sunday night box office.
2: So, yeah, there's uh, no, there's no, no random games. It's league play, Jimmy. That's not <laughs> random. You know, it happens every year. You play everybody home and away. Okay, fine.
3: No, I mean this. Uh, you know, these these are all really good topics. I mean, obviously, the final being changed to Paris wasn't something that people expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, just less than two weeks ago. So obviously that does change things a bit. To Jimmy's point about sort of PSG doing better with their backs against the walls when they're embattled a bit, that's certainly true of uh, that since Pochettino has come in, you look at their best results and performances uh, last season in the Champions League when they went away uh, against Barca and, and and blew them away. Uh, you know, when they got a good result on the road against Bayern as well, you know, those came at times when they when people were looking at them saying like oh you know they're missing uh you know a, a couple of different guys you know might not be able to put their best performance in and then suddenly you know they managed to produce arguably their best showings of the season you know some of those key guys stepped up to the plate and delivered Neymar with a superb uh assist for for Marquinhos in uh, in Munich and but obviously Mbappe was part of those victories each time, and he—it's really—it's impossible to to overemphasize how important he is to to PSG and how much that could damage them mentally. But then again, you have so much experience in that squad—guys who have been there, done that. You know, you've got guys like Kaelon Navas who, if you put him in goal, you know always, almost guarantees you a great performance against his former club, as we saw mm. in the group stages a couple of seasons ago. So I don't think it necessarily has to be too fatalistic at this moment in time. And it, in any, if anything, I think it's actually a source of motivation with the final being moved to Paris, regardless of the reasons why it's been moved. Uh, you know, I think that there should be a lot of motivation right now within that squad for PSG to think, right, you know, this finally is our year.
0: Okay, so I'm going to give you my, the tips right now. Real Madrid plus 155, slight favorites. PSG to win straight up plus 160. Now, I think that's going to change with the Mbappe news, so take that into consideration. <laughs> and obviously, go look at the starting lineups. Make sure you're comfortable with both before you make any bets. The draw plus 265. Now, we've talked to some experts before. when The, the, the odds are that even for whoever's going to win. You should always go with the draw. That's the best value. I don't know. A draw obviously favors PSG to go through. They won like one. I could see it being like a two-one Real Madrid. Then it goes into extra time because it's two-two in aggregate, and then Madrid pulls off some Benzema Vinicius magic to to win it in extra time. It's kind of where I'm leaning. So, so I got Real Madrid winning. I'm I'm with Heath on this. I do want to say though, from a PSG perspective, what happens to Mauricio Pochettino if he gets knocked out of this competition? Like, league is wrapped up. Like, what what he's got to be gone. I I think he's gone. So that's that. There's there's a lot of a lot at stake at this game that maybe. There's there's a couple layers here that I find very interesting.
1: Yeah, Heath.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just going with. The, I I don't know what number to give or or scoreline to give for the, for this one, but I think I think Real Madrid somehow find a way out of this. I mean, as Jimmy was talking there at the end, even though he's talking positively about Real Madrid, I started to walk back a little bit. I'm like, man, that missing midfield might be the difference against mm-hmm. Real Madrid it's and how big, slow that yeah. they looked. Uh, but I still like Real Madrid on uh, in this one just statistically. So I'm gonna go with just a win for Real Madrid and they go through.
1: Well, before Jonathan Johnson jumps in, I'm going with PSG. I, I don't know why. I just uh, – I think you, I to I your point, Jimmy, this game is so big for them. It's big. So big. Neymar needs to give the performance of the season, and I'm hoping that actually that does happen. I don't know if this goes to extra time, but if it does, I have this sneaky suspicion that it's going to pens all the way. And if that happens – I think that K. Navas is going to come heroically in this one, or PSG Whoa. definitely will go through. I'm going with a PSG win in penalties. Jonathan wow. Johnson, I love that. Well, uh, I my prediction
3: before I knew about the Mbappe news was a one-one draw, which would send PSG through. Uh, I hmm. I'm going to stick with the score. It really wouldn't surprise me if it requires like a late goal, uh, but I th- I think that the quality is still there to come away from a result when you take into account the Real Madrid, uh, the missing Real Madrid players. I mean. I, it's not like I don't think that La Liga is of high quality and I'm, I'm certainly not trying to compare it to, to Ligue 1, but when I saw Real Madrid in the flesh a couple of weeks ago against PSG, they looked old, they looked leggy. Uh, and I don't see uh, that changing, uh, you know, once they return to Champions League action. And I think that, you know, Pochettino really needs to, you know, to earn his corn here um, and pump his players up because, you know, like you said, he. He could be out of a job by the end of the week if, uh, if if PSG do get knocked out of the Champions League because there's nothing else left for him and PSG to play for together after this. He won't be the coach uh, beyond the end of this season. So, you know, it could just bring forward his uh, his dismissal. But, you know, PSG shouldn't be thinking about that. They should be concentrating on just getting a result in Madrid. And despite the absences or the probable absences on both sides, I still think that they have the squad to get a draw, which is all they need to advance.
1: Yeah, we got two here, two for Real Madrid, two for PSG. So you out there at home, choose your story and see what happens. But it's going to be a great night, hopefully, of a lot of action. All right, well, this one's easy. Man City, five, leading, sporting, nothing. I mean, this is done, is it not? Heath Pierce, it's done.
2: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> to, 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 to answer your question, yes. Okay, so I guess the bigger
1: uh, question here is what do you expect from Man City in terms of the lineup? And also, judging from that win against Manchester United, uh, you know, what can we expect? I'm expecting, obviously, heavy rotation, which is never really a terrible thing when you're Man City and the bench that you have. I'm expecting a ro- a rotation squad in this one, and even if they win 2 nothing, whatever, it's still, you know, pretty easy pickings.
2: Yeah. I mean, you just have the ability now to rotate your squad differently than you did before Raheem Sterling didn't play over the weekend, so he can step in and get his minutes. Uh, Didn't even come off the bench in that one. And so it's set up perfectly to get him a run and start to rotate players, allow Phil Foden to get a rest or De Bruyne to get a rest. Ruben Diaz gets another rest, which if he was sort of close enough to being fit and this was a tight one, you would expect him to probably have to be thrown to the wolves in this one to, to sacrifice. And now it's just a great scenario. It's it's sort of the luck that Man City have had all season long is that the moment that they have any sort of issues, it's sort of at a different time or a different pace when the, the league in itself, the Premier League, is getting depleted by rosters and, and uh, their rosters getting depleted by, by COVID. And then now, a situation here where you're being given this cushion. And not to say that's luck. You beat somebody 5-0, you get to rotate whenever you want. You earn the right to rotate your squad here. But coming after a huge win where they didn't really pick up any knocks over Manchester United, it's just a great window for them to rest, rotate, and know that there's a huge buffer that you could actually get a huge rest out of most of your squad and still feel safe knowing that you can bring three, four players off the bench if there was a a two-goal swing and you had to shut the game down.
0: Yeah, on top of that, I would consider looking at partnerships that you want to strengthen with Ruben Diaz out, especially in the back line. You get Stones and Laporte some more minutes. They have three games coming up away from home. Crystal Palace, Southampton, and Burnley. And all those are going to just be a fight. Right. There's, there's nothing beautiful. Yeah, I mean, they can, all three of those teams can play at times, but ultimately they think when they're playing against the man city, we got to drop back and we got to fight to get results. So they know what's coming. And and I think that there will be some rotation from, from a sporting perspective. They just lost to Porto in leg one of the Portuguese cup semifinals. They were up one zero and they gave up two goals to go two one. They're just probably not in their best form at this particular point in the season, and I think that their coach uh, Ruben Amarim, might just want to start playing some younger players. They just had a player start this past weekend in, in a 2-0 win, Dario Asugo, and I and I throw his name out there because I want you to remember it. He's sixteen years old. Oh, Jimmy, I, we all play football manager. We know all the sixteen. Okay, years if you know, you know if you know Dario Asugo, never, then that's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's
2: but, a bit old for my team. Uh, but but, you know. but
0: Sporting the 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 previous youngest starter in the history of the club was Louis Figo. So so they really really believe in this kid, and and why not?
2: Yeah. Why not just throw him He's out mean, there and see how he does?
0: You know, well, maybe or maybe don't. Because that then sounds Guardiola, horrible if I was and, <laughs> 16
2: down 5-0 in the second leg being like, you, you have nothing this, to man. Listen. Well, I don't know. Maybe
0: you don't want to showcase yeah. him because then City can come in and buy him. And you're like, oh, great. <laughs> sweet. We just lost our best player. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting moment for, for Sporting and what they elect to do. I mean, they're going to go out there and fight and make it difficult. But yeah, 5-0 is just too much
4: yeah yeah
3: i think, think this one th- this one has to be all about pride for sporting uh and for city you know like you guys have already said it's you know it's a a, a luxury position for guardiola and if there's one coach who you know might not look to exploit that to its fullest it's, it is definitely pep but you know i think there's a lot of positive things that come out of that that win over over united over the weekend i thought the Grealish going 90 minutes uh you know and actually you know starting to look like the player that city spent all of that money on uh yeah, will be quite encouraging for them, for them. uh and for them to be able to put him out on the pitch in the Champions League, uh, you know, should bode well for them uh, heading into the, the business end of the season. But, I mean, really, it's it's over as a contest. It was over as a contest before the end of 90 minutes uh, in Portugal. Uh, and I can see City winning this one, but I don't think it'll be anywhere near the same level of intensity, uh, you know, that sort of desire to to, to crush sporting that, that we saw from City in the first leg. So a 2-0 win for for City wouldn't surprise me. But still, you know, if you look at that 7-0 on aggregate, it, you know, that is a uh, thumping.
1: Yeah, I have 2-0 as well. Heath?
2: yeah, I think uh, two nils sounds right. I mean, I'll just follow the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, what's interesting is
0: it's so heavily favored on on the odds mm. and on Caesar's sports book for for city, rightfully. But the over three and a half goals is plus 105. and I'm looking at that because I could see sporting scoring one and then city's be like, all right, we'll score we'll score five it does a three or whatever doesn't matter. So so I don't know. I kind of like that one from a positive outlook outside of that, maybe just throw city into a parlay. Uh, to win and and uh you know make sure you guarantee a little coin there i don't know yeah this
1: graphic here is interesting by the way the odds to win the champions league obviously man city there liverpool buying munich in third uh is anything is there anything there that maybe could be different do you think uh going from everybody jimmy back to you any anybody else that you think could go up that that group maybe to perhaps win it all
0: into Milan's really plus plus twenty-five thousand. that's crazy i mean they didn't play that bad in leg one, but all right. So, uh ah, this is tough. I actually, I think Liverpool plus three fifty is, is some really good value, uh, and mm. if PSG goes on a run for them at plus seven hundred. I mean, ultimately, when I see these kind of bigger future bets like this, I put like ten dollars on a couple of them, and and then see if I hit one of them.
2: That's interesting. Yeah, he. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I th- I think Jimmy said that really well. I mean, it's shocking just the gap. Obviously, these are based uh, coming after after leg one, where you see some of these kind of the over the, the, the hills that some of these teams have to overcome to get there. Uh, but it looks pretty spot on, but I agree with Jimmy on the Liverpool on the Liverpool at plus three fifty. Manchester city. Even uh, you, you expect them to get to the final, but uh, in terms of value, I could see PSG, even though I just bet against them to, do, to, to get out of their round. <laughs> if they go yeah. on a run though, you know, <laughs> but in terms of a team that that's, that's close enough in, in the tie agreed, agreed. Or, or ahead in the tie, and, and, has the, and then has, has the quality and where they're yeah. just, you know, we, we just talked about this is Neymar's time to come out. This is a Messi's time to come out. Like the names that we're saying, it's their time to show up. If they actually do show up, uh, then, then yeah, I think that PSG value is pretty amazing.
3: JJ. Yeah. I was, I was surprised maybe a bit about the, the gap between, uh, I X and the rest of the, the favorites given their form, uh, so far in the competition, uh, and Real Madrid being so far back, but otherwise, I mean, like you guys, I mean, I think if, um, you know, if I was to put money on a team after this stage, I mean, I, I, th- I think if PSG can get past Real, uh, like I said, I, I don't necessarily see them going to Madrid and winning, uh, but, you know, just advancing in the tie, then I think, you know, if you get Mbappe back, suddenly they're motivated, you know, potential final in Paris, uh, you know, I I think that that could be uh, some smart money.
1: Yeah. Listen, I, if they beat Real Madrid, I, I'm, Originally at the very beginning of this champions league season, I said PSG will win the whole thing. If they beat Real Madrid, they're winning the whole, I'm sticking with that. I'm sti- I'm just going to, you know, plus 700 is pretty sexy. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap up here with our quick Europa league preview. Of course, there's some games have now been sorted out for, you know, the round of 16 and Wednesday, 1245 Eastern Porto against Lyon, Betis against Frankfurt. And on Thursday, Ooh, baby. Sevilla against West Ham. Leipzig, Spartak uh, has been canceled, of course. Uh, Barcelona against Galatasaray. Rangers against Red Star. Braga against Monaco. And Atalanta against Leverkusen. Anything to take away from that, Jimmy Conrad?
0: Well, I obviously want to continue to see how Barcelona... Plays, uh, they've got this belief, the confidence, right? We talk about it. Even the, even world class players need a little confidence sometimes. And I think Xavi's done a very good job of, of turning that situation around. And just a shout out to whoever's doing the accounting for that team. The fact that they can sign all these players and get all this stuff and they're bankrupt is, is just amazing. It just really is. Jimmy, we'll work no one's we'll doing
2: accounting. That's the thing. Now, that's like, you know what? We're accounting works usually like after this year, they'll go back and they'll look at it and they'll figure it out, you know? And they I believe you to need it. to no. thank
1: Goldman yeah. Sachs.
2: Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> now the other the, the other match though that really stands out for me is, is Sevilla versus West Ham West Ham I mean they got a raw deal drawing Sevilla in the round of 16 Sevilla won six out of the last 16 Europa League competitions the finals in their home stadium it just looks like it's fate that they're good Sevilla is going to go through West Ham won their group we're very good in the group stages we're in good form now since now when they come into this game getting knocked out of the FA Cup by Southampton, losing to Liverpool on the weekend, even though we could argue they maybe deserved a little bit more. They still lost. So the kind of tail between the legs coming into this. And I think this is one of the challenges of being one of those teams that doesn't spend like the top six does in, in the Premier League, but still wanting to be in Europe. And, and do you have the depth to compete in multiple competitions? And this is the proofs in the pudding. We're going to find out. But I, I like Sevilla in this one, especially leg one. They, they've only lost once in all competitions at home this season.
3: Yeah, I'm going to take a bit of an alternative look at it because obviously I like to keep an eye on all things French. Porto-Leon, mm-hmm. uh, you know, coming into this one is, I mean, this this was a Champions League caliber match uh, just mm. a couple of years ago. You know, so to have that, uh, you know, to enjoy on the Wednesday is, uh, is something I'm looking forward to. Betis, uh, I think I said it in last week's podcast, I was really worried about what this run of games might do to them and their momentum. Sadly, it looks like they're losing ground sort of on all fronts at the moment. And I just hope for them that they've got enough uh, in the tank to get them past Frankfurt and keep this European adventure going uh, a little bit more, at least until the quarterfinals. Uh, And then on the the Thursday, uh, you know, Braga, Monaco, Monaco up until recently, up until their win against uh, Marseille, have really, really been struggling since Philippe Clement came in as coach. Uh, You know, so I think that they could really do with rediscovering a bit of form uh, in Europe because... They're going to need some momentum towards the end of the season if they're going to break into the Champions League spots in League One, because competition in that part of the table at this moment in time is 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 very tight. Uh, also, Atalanta Leverkusen—that's another game, uh, you know, between two teams that have a lot of Champions League experience, a lot of quality players. So, really looking forward to seeing that one as well.
2: Yeah, the the game that I would follow up on is exactly that—the Atalanta Leverkusen game. Obviously, Atalanta losing over the weekend to to Roma. Gasperini taking three players out before the 60th minute mark, which for a team that has some rotation or has some depth, they don't have that much depth and obviously still tinkering, trying to figure out or resting legs for this upcoming match. And Leverkusen looked really good uh, against Bayern Munich. And obviously they're still without Patrick Schick. I'm not sure if he'll be back. Obviously scored 25 plus goals, I think across all competitions. And he's their main go-to player as they go on this quest in Europe, Europe as well as try to, you know, finish top two in in the in the the Bundesliga this is going to be one that if if you like goals this is the game that I'm going for obviously with with Diaby and oddly and uh, Florian Verts three young players across the midfield it's just a really fun team to watch and they certainly have that confidence of what I would say the the RB Leipzig's and others of the past that play these young players that those young players seem to be in really good form right now and so it's certainly one to watch.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, that you have it, uh, Europa League on Wednesday and Thursday. And by the way, uh, West Ham's meeting with Sevilla will be their first against Spanish opposition in Europe in over 40 years. So should be a, a good, interesting. But as the boys mentioned, so many good games to preview. All right. That's it. That's the end of our Champions League slash Europa League Preview Kegel Lasso. Final thoughts. Jonathan Johnson, let's begin with you. Final thoughts, buddy. Oh, we're just looking
3: forward to the this midweek slate of games and uh picking through it with you guys later in the week.
1: Absolutely. Heath Pierce.
2: Uh thanks for having me, guys. It's been really fun to see your faces again Monday, kick off a nice little Monday. Jimmy, I apologize for telling the audience that Fine. you didn't have pants on. Okay.
0: I'm, com- I'm comfortable, so it's all good. My final thought is I'm doing a crazy seven-leg parlay for the Europa League. I've got a draw, Porto León. Uh, Betis to win over Frankfurt. Sevilla over West Ham. Barcelona over Galatasaray. Atalanta and Leverkusen a draw. Rangers over Red Star. And Braga Monaco draw as well. Wow. If I put out $100, it'll pay me $28,000. So I probably will see yeah. you guys never when that hits.
1: You are the fifth <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle because that's a lot of cheese pizzas. Wow, in there. we're, all, we're
2: all going to the Champions League final on Jimmy and dinner <laughs> on him as well.
1: <laughs> a lot of pizzas, I think. Uh, but thank you, everybody. Jimmy Conra. thank you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, HP. Thank you. Jonathan Johnson, always a pleasure. Cheers, guys. Thank you, everybody. Make sure to follow Kigo Lasso on Twitter, YouTube.com forward slash Kegolasso, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Enjoy the European Action Champions League and Europa League, where you can watch it. By the way, Paramount+, Plus. don't forget, and CBS as well. Seven-day trial, all that goodness. Have a great, great beginning to your week. We will see you next time. Till then.